0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith,
1: and I'm Matt Connor. Gather around the
0: campfire, everyone. It's time for the, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith
1: Show. We
0: <laughs> tell us a story. Uh, well, today we are watching another classic horror film from 1974, The Ten Commandments. Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not
1: The Ten Commandments.
0: Um, so we uh will be
1: right.
2: From award-winning journalist and author Michael Lee Pope The Ghosts of Alexandria His spellbinding book tells of historical intrigue The brutal beginnings of a port city Romances that end in tragedy Restless spirits like the tomb of the female stranger Who's said to haunt Gadsby's Tavern And the three falling ghosts of the Carlisle House Explore the supernatural journey of the Ghosts of Alexandria, available at ArcadiaPublishing.com.
0: All right, we are back and we are here with our producer, Ryan. Hello. Hello. Um, so the texas chainsaw massacre i mean title alone it kind of tells you what you're going to get um brief synopsis is basically a bunch of young uh, let's call them hippies is out in a van uh, one of them is in a wheelchair um and they are doing a drive to see if this there's been these graves defiled um and sally the main character's grandfather is buried in the cemetery and she wants to make sure that her grandfather's grave was not desecrated um they're low on gas they stop at a station Uh, they don't have gas either and there's a house that belonged to the family uh, to the grandfather that's nearby that they decide to go just walk around before gas comes back to this transport and then they meet the neighbors um, and it didn't go how they thought. Um, so that's just kind of the brief synopsis of the Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre.
3: Yeah. yeah. So Sally and Franklin, uh, brother and sister, yeah, are just basically going with their friends, uh, her boyfriend, and then uh, another pair of a young couple. Yeah. That's all their friend. It seems like just to go check, uh, and they seem to be you know from you know hippie land. They're Austin, talking about
0: uh, astrology. Right, Um, Mercury's in, no, Saturn's in retrograde, and that means bad things are going to happen.
3: And they're going into this, like, uh, really backwoodsy um, place that they spent, you know, their summers as as children, and, you know, that kind of thing. So they're kind of going back, but they hadn't been back in a while, and they're very innocent and naive, I think. But, Matt, what about you?
1: Well, some people's backwoodsy is frontwoodsy. (laughs) true so what what you think is someone's back porch I think this movie demonstrates that it's someone's front porch it was the most disturbing thing I think I've ever watched as a human being I wanted the whole thing to end it was relentless in my emotional want for someone to end this um, saga it was like I was being tortured to watch it and I also feel like a lot of movies I've watched, and I'm not an expert in movies or books, I'm an expert only in nothing. Maybe maybe, maybe balsamic vinegar. Uh, But I feel like uh, most movies I've ever watched, there is uh, someone to blame, something to blame, an incident to blame, a backstory. Um, Friday the 13th, uh, Jason... Um, uh, Krueger, all of the boogeymen I've watched, there's a sort of a backstory of like, well, they're doing this because and this was the first time that it was literally someone just doing this without I mean, even The Exorcist, there's a there's a, there's a guilty other, and that other is not the girl, you know um, and I thought it was just so disturbing to watch these people basically murder because they could and they wanted to, and also, uh, I think the, the the period of time that we're in right now, two thousand and twenty one, feels like um, there's been a lot of um, hatred and bullying that's come out of people that's been allowed to happen, and it's been condoned. And this felt like it was sort of that. I mean, I know that we will, yeah. That's how I I, I hated it, mm-hmm. but I would say go. I would say I'm glad I watched it. But I would not watch this probably again unless it was with all the lights on, a group of people, and maybe a baby Jesus ornament hanging nearby. <laughs> okay. Well, it's
3: definitely coming out of a time period, uh, Watergate and Vietnam, mm-hmm. uh, the economic downturn, uh, You're they're driving and you see all these abandoned farms, uh, the, you know, the garage guy you know the the Sawyer's or what they're called in, in the second film but we don't hear their names but uh, they've lost their job at the at the slaughterhouse right because of mecha- uh, mechanization right and so they're just continually kind of doing whatever they can to get by and it happens to be cannibalism, cannibalism. i mean i mean that's a going at a complete extreme but I think they were making the point of coming out of this time period, it's kind of what it felt like, all of that that they were going through. I think it stands for all of that, right? And then coming out of that, this anger. And the, violent, the violence is indiscriminate. And the, I think there's true American monsters because the evil is banal and it hides in plain sight. And we don't ever really recognize it. But we did recognize it Recently, in 2020, and the four years prior to that, but.
0: there's also um, so the film opens with a series of of, of camera flashes. Uh, the sound design is freaking amazing in this, um, but the the flashes illuminate these bodies in that are decomposing um, that we come to find out as part of this piece of artwork. I put air quotes around that done by the youngest member of the Sawyer family Um, again we don't know that's their name in this film and it's basically a bunch of bodies kind of intertwined on this uh, like obelisk in the cemetery and when the others are off investigating Franklin of course uh, is stuck there in the van and there's a drunk man and I always got chills over this line. Uh, He's laying on the ground, basically, in in a group of people, and that just seems to be, like, socially acceptable at the time because he must be the old-town drunk that everyone's just like, oh, he's fine. But he says, if you go into IMDb under quotes, this is actually one of the ones listed. So this actor, he had one line to make an impression, and (laughs) he sure did. The line is, this is all through drunk laughs, Um, and we see him kind of on the ground looking back towards the camera so it's almost as if he was upside down he says things happen here about they don't tell about I see things you see they say it's just an old man talking you laugh at an old man it's them that laughs and knows better so that makes you kind of go what do you see happen around here what have you seen happen around here
3: and it really sets a tone that he continues on with, like, all of the radio uh, programs that you hear throughout the entire film. And they're talking about, like, fires and epidemics, mm-hmm. like, happening. Like, it, it seems like it's apocalyptic in a way. Like, the world is ending. Right. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm just asking the question because I don't know the
0: answer. What was the purpose of the grave digging? Was that to get cooking meat?
3: Oh, oh I guess so. Because how do you eat that with... with no, I thought they. I thought that was. I thought all of those bones and everything were the artwork. But it says some of the the bodies. It, there were twelve bodies,
0: and that was only two and a few. Let's say parts. Right. They said there were some where that the head was removed. There were some where the, the legs were removed or the extremities were removed. Right.
3: I just took that as to be that he took those parts of those people and built this thing. That's what I always thought. But I wonder. I don't know. But would they be too decomposed to use for me? They're killing all that's all those cars and all the all the teenagers they've killed. I, I I guess so. What? Okay. So I have several questions. Yeah. Also at the gas station,
0: we come to learn his name is uh is uh Drayton Drayton Sawyer. The the oldest brother do we find out in the second one And the second one right yeah they're the Sawyers right uh, the garage that he works at has barbecue right um, what's in that? okay so later in the film we're bouncing around on this one later in the film when she has gone to him for help and then he goes to get his truck and, and she's she, sitting there she, and she's looking in the barbecue thing what is in there
3: yeah no it's, it's, to, it's it
0: looks like human parts
3: yeah well yeah but it also could be pig or cow or something else right Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I just was
0: like, I I was trying
3: to understand. And he holds that shot for so long it becomes uncomfortable. And especially if you've never seen it, you're like, you still don't know what it is. It's undefinable. Well, I guess you do because he's, yeah, you do know at that point. The audience knows. She doesn't know. Or does she? Yeah.
1: As As soon as I saw the sign barbecue at the gas station, I was like, this is not barbecue. <laughs> really, yeah. immediately. Immediately, only because there was nothing else there. Right. They had so little
3: as it was. How like, did they have? And all of a, a sudden, there's barbecue. Right. Right. Like, right. Really? Makes there sense.
1: Are, there's no chips, or yeah. you don't have any uh, Cheetos. Right. And
3: I think that we... first opening art art piece. It's not. You know, it's not really art, but it was set up that way. Uh, was probably the goriest. In the thing, movie, in the whole movie, yeah, there were no close-ups of open wounds, very little blood, and you know, close-ups of open wor- wounds, wounds were like oh my a, God. a gore film, like tradition since like Blood Feast, mm-hmm. which was like they, 1963. They
1: purposely did not make the movie bloody because they wanted to get a P- PG rating. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's
3: true. He wanted to get a P- false falsely thought that he could get a PG rating, but not have any. There
1: wasn't really any cursing
3: either, was there? Mm-mm, yeah, no.
1: and the soundtrack was was made from animals,
3: yeah, yeah, the animal sounds, and then uh a couple of the things is like them just banging on pots and pans, like Toby Hooper right? mm-hmm. um and then Daniel Pearl man, the cinematography in this is really you know, I think it's great, uh and I think people forget that it's great it has this like dirty documentary feel but it's films. you know he laid down the little tracking he could get a hold of he laid that down so that he could get smooth low angle tracking shots so like you see a lot of that like there's that one shot of what's the friend's name with the red shorts the girl with the in the short shorts walking up to the house yeah yeah that when low i said beautiful angle, shot yeah. yeah that low angle shot and he it had very little to work with as far as tracking went. So to be able to do that with so so little is amazing. It's there's so much of the horror in this film happens in broad
1: daylight. Oh and it's exhausting too. Like the heat you can just feel the heat Filmed during a heat wave. Yeah. Crew and members actually passed out because people stunk so bad.
0: But it, it and you watch the film and you imagine that you almost see the the film in Smellorama. I mean, the there's guy, that time when they're driving by the cow pasture and they're all like, "Oh, oh God!" God. Right, yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy, the
1: hitchhiker, said that he was in Vietnam and that van scene was beyond Vietnam as far as scent. Oh, wow! Like the stink, mm-hmm. the stench. But they also were very low budget, so. Well, they
0: were also using real blood. Oh, that. And and in the heat,
1: uh, oh. just just real blood from where?
0: Like butchers.
1: Butchers collect blood.
0: Well, yeah, I mean you can get blood, yeah.
1: And then doesn't that just attract a bunch of not flies? only flies yeah. but it
0: fucking rots in the you know yeah. the heat? It's disgusting. Um, so that and then the so for example the apron that Leatherface wore.
1: I guess it's cheaper to get blood from a butcher than actually buy fake blood.
0: So whereas whereas. <clears throat> Yeah, and it looks more real. Uh, Whereas in a normal Hollywood film with a big budget, Leatherface would have aprons that had, you know, artistry done, like more and more levels of blood as the film went on. He only had one apron. He only had one costume. And it was being reworn and reworn and reworn. And so it could walk by the end of the the filming. There was so much blood. He, everything stunk to put on. I mean, I can't... It seems like the it was like a, a a band of merry friends and artists who like just had this desire to do this film and 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 I guess trusted the vision because they got
1: through it. But do you think they also like there's some funny things to think about? Like you know on Thursdays when they had potluck, <laughs> or they brought in a crock pot of something and it was like a joke, and they put, somebody put a finger on top of the chili. I mean, do you think things like that happen on set?
0: From uh, from everything I hear, it was like a miserable.
1: So no one experience. got like little keychain um, chainsaws. No, I think Mar- I think
0: uh, <laughs>
3: like happy opening.
0: I think Marilyn Burns. I think is the actress name who plays Sally. I think she had like some mental like issues after yeah. it.
3: Like I wonder the brambles and bushes that she runs through. That to me is such a horrific yeah scene because like the chainsaw saw or the bramble I've been in that before, like something like that before and it hurts and you can't really move but she's flying through there yeah and I wonder how much of it, it you know is the angle with which they're filming and if she's actually really going through it but it seemed like she was going I through I just it. read
1: which is what, what I was doing on my phone, that she uh, ended up with a lot of her blood doing that bramble scene oh
0: well that's just like when her head is in that that uh tub um That hammer was sometimes falling and hitting her in the head, and that was real. Um, It Mm. wasn't a rubber hammer.
1: But, you know, the part of Grandpa is the part to have. Right. You don't have to really show up. You can maybe drink a little the night before. You
0: maybe have four hours, five hours of makeup, though.
1: He sits there and just tries to hit her and sucks a little blood. I mean, that's the part to have.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, let's talk about the family. I mean, it's kind of this, like, horrific... View of what the nuclear American family is, right? Yeah. You, know, the, you know, the pop is the garage guy, uh, the teenage uh, boy is the hitchhiker, the mom is Leatherface because yes. he puts on the mother's wig and cooks food and cooks food. Uh, and and, cooks food. Well, know? Drayton's the cook. Right. They say he's just he's the, the cook. cook, right? Yeah, but yeah, it, it's just interesting to to see it in that way. This horrible look at the inside. microcosm of their family. Absolutely, yeah, but
0: if you look at, like... Matt, you said something interesting where you said there's not a boogeyman or there's not a... There's no reason. Well, I think if there's villains in this piece, it's the hippies for trespassing in a place they weren't supposed to go. I mean, it's Texas, and you are allowed to shoot someone if they're on your property. So they didn't shoot them.
3: But, I I mean, they... Well, I think that goes to show the differences between someone who's coming from a city who is just looking for gas, I, I, I'm i not saying this is actually what happens, I'm just saying they're showing you know the differences in people and how them doing that somewhere else probably wouldn't be thought of as anything other than looking for gas. Whereas here, they're entering a world that they don't have any clue what it's like, and so that's taken in a different way. Do you know what I mean? Well, you don't know what's
0: beyond the next door of your neighbor, really, right. unless you've been in the house. And and
3: and isn't that what it's saying about America? Like we're, we're, that we're houses, afraid of our neighbor. I,
1: I I got off an exit once uh, years ago in a place not here, and I got off at an exit, and uh, a very friendly person came to me and said, "You need to get back in your car and go get, go several exits uh, away." Um, but ha- has there ever been a murder with a chainsaw? Um, or is that kind of made up? No, I'm sure
0: it's happened. Hey, the pugs are...
1: Reenacting. They're reenacting. reenacting the film. They're reenacting. You've seen the Civil War reenactments, where we now are <laughs> doing horror reenactments. And this is the scene where she's going through the bramble and runs into um, Leatherface. Which one's Leatherface? Um, but, no, so you at one point said that this may be somehow inspired by Ed Gein. Well... Ed is that Gein, true?
0: Everything gets inspired by Ed Gein, but it's not.
1: Because his murders were so horrific? There's
0: another case that happened during the filming of this that he then turned his attention to. The basic gist of the case, I, if I recall, was there was a guy who killed. Uh, th- please, loosely based. This is. Uh, there was a, a guy who was a killer. Uh, he would rape and murder boys. Um, and he had two accomplices who were also teenage but he basically used them to get him other boys and they were paid money so these boys were accomplices to murder and they just kind of looked the other way and there was this girl in the neighborhood who was friends with one of the boys and uh i guess for whatever reason something happened where he had to go over to the guy's house and he took the girl and the guy told the girl well you have to you have to kill her now she can't leave this house he, he says pick up that gun there and kill her and so the kid picked up the gun and the girl basically said what are you doing like shoot him and all this and the guy, the kid was like oh yeah and he did so basically he the kid ended up going to jail i think the other kid did too but and this guy got killed but it, it was about the volume of bodies and and nobody was I guess the whole gist was, you know, wouldn't this whole town be like, oh, all these kids are disappearing. But the police, I guess, across the board said, uh, no, they just, they're young boys. They probably just ran away. They had wild oats. And so I think a lot of that went into it. But again, I don't think it was a chainsaw per se. I think it was just the volume of, of like the thought of you could have some kind of business like a la Sweeney Todd, where... Interstate cars that are, you know, looking for gas or whatever else just vanish.
1: Their media said it was based on a true story to only attract attention. Sure. Right, just
3: like Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Right, yeah, 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 Which stole from, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They didn't have the internet back then. And you know who reads that first text? John Larroquette. Yes, the John Larroquette. From Night Court. Yeah, and uh, the John Larroquette Show. And you chum- know how much
1: he got paid for that? No. A joint.
3: That's what he that, got paid. That makes yeah. sense. Wow, that's great. That's amazing. That's amazing. That makes a lot of sense. He got,
1: which means, I mean, a joint meaning he got to own a club. Right. Uh, right,
0: right, right. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right
1: back.
2: For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample, and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at bunnymanbrewing.com.
0: And we're back. Um, there's There's one thing that I think is interesting about this film in that after the third murder because uh, of course the the young guy goes off first uh gets killed the girl follows then the sally's boyfriend goes and finds that girl's body in the freezer where she was i guess placed in there to freeze to death um and she kind of has a spasm or is in shock and kind of comes alive but then goes back limp um Maybe she was just about dead, or I don't know. Uh, and then he's struck down. Then we see Leatherface, who, you, I don't... Is that name spoken in the film? Mm, I don't think so. If it is, it's only mentioned once. Um, I don't think so. But uh, you see him pacing around and looking, like, very nervous. Like, oh my god, are they they're going to keep coming? Um a little bit of like i'm gonna get in trouble too Yeah. yeah like afraid of older brother drayton uh and that performance that kind of anxiety of him like hitting his uh forehead like in a panic is interesting but then he kind of after that a few moments of panic kind of looks out towards the window and there's almost like a half smile and he like licks his teeth so i think there's a little like when he,
3: when he looked out the window uh-huh yeah I, I think that was also a lot of of like oh my god what am i supposed to do at this point like and he had to sit down because he had no idea what to do right
0: i guess so i guess he's afraid that the coolers are going to get overwhelmed <laughs>
3: <laughs> right um,
0: and and there's an interesting dynamic in the family as in everyone is kind of seems like the oldest brother is the one in charge um I always thought it was the father, but I, I, I guess it's not.
1: Um, and uh, he. It, Wait, it's not dad and two sons and grandpa? That's they're all brothers. They're all brothers. Yeah, yeah. But they're playing roles at the table. Like we said, yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, there's something with the hitchhiker's son where the first time he sees him, he's pulling in with the girl, he gets out to beat the crap out of him because he heard it's all over the radio what you did over in that cemetery. And then he says, "Yeah, but nobody see me. Nobody see me." And then there's a moment where Drayton kind of almost half laughs. He goes, "No, nobody saw you. Huh, okay, like, okay, that's great." Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I kind of took that as also Leatherface, like having a panic attack, and then maybe looking out the window and going, "Oh, but we have dinner."
3: Right. Right. Um, we haven't talked about the most disturbing part. I find of the entire film is when what's his name. Uh... Drayton? Drayton. Oh yes, this is also, I uh, agree with you
0: 100%, go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah, when um she goes up, thinks she's saved, goes to the garage and s- is sitting there with that really long ass shot of all the meat, which we find out, of course, is, is human meat, uh, and then takes, you know, ties her up, puts her in the uh, the truck and is driving her, her back. In a, in a burlap sack. In a burlap sack, mm-hmm. in the floorboard of the truck, and then he's like speaking niceties But then he'll, like, poke her with the broom broom handle. handle. And it just upsets me so much to see him speaking.
0: There, there. Everything
3: will be okay. And then getting such delightful glee out of poking her with that. Uh It's so disturbing. It's, it's,
0: when I was, this is another thing. I, I think we've made a joke at some point on this podcast that, uh, I could used to maybe put in a film like this to go to sleep to. And I think that's true of younger me. I don't think checking in with this movie this many years later, I don't think that would be the case now. Right. I think as you you get older and you have more run-ins with death or family members die or whatever, things become a little more precious and you kind of, I don't know. To me, I, I did not view this film the same this time. Right. Um... I would not watch it to go to sleep, so I don't need to be psychoanalyzed here. Um, (laughs) It it was just younger me looked at that same scene where he's poking her, and I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was so funny because it's so – I'm obsessed with um, extreme opposite behavior and like – An extreme of of like and it it veers like back and forth of like there there it'll be okay jab 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 (laughs) no need for everything's gonna be fine jab jab and I would laugh when I was younger at that because I couldn't imagine that it's such bizarre behavior but then we've seen it in the political realm uh, of the past five or six
3: years and they were seeing it then that's how they felt right with everything that was going on with the economic downturn and people really having a tough time of it and they have these politicians saying oh everything they're there everything's going to be fine and then they get poked again with whatever death in a family or some the things bill on come, the radio the, right exactly the things on the radio something happens mm-hmm. and and
0: there it's probably not not on purpose that the oldest brother kind of looks a little nixonian
3: yeah um,
0: yeah, uh, he almost looks like a, a, a hybrid between Nixon and Reagan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a. Uh, the other things I wanted to bring up is the, also another disturbing thing in the beginning of the film is Franklin, um, who just seems like one of the most annoying characters in all he of does, film history. I,
3: I, this time, I really felt like he's annoying. But he's really trying to understand this guy that gets the hitchhiker that gets inside in their van. He's really trying to understand where this guy comes from and really trying to, you know, make some kind of bond with him saying, you know, I have an uncle that works at a slaughterhouse kind of thing. Like he's, he's really trying. He's annoying, but he really is kind of a thoughtful dude. Mm. But he's also eating a piece of like sausage or something oh that makes me so disgusting and
0: and he's just it's sticking out of his mouth and he spits he keeps spitting parts of it out which you imagine is that a
1: fingernail like it's, it's uh, what they call in texas finger jerky mm. <laughs> uh
0: that's that's a pretty disturbing point as well but there's there's as we've said not a lot of like on camera
1: penetration of knives and things like that or chainsaw. I was shocked at the paraphernalia in the show and the lack of paraphernalia. Nothing's blamed on drugs. Nothing's blamed on beer. Nothing's blamed on like posters of P- politics there was no sex no like, well that was the PG aim, but like literally when they went to the lake i thought oh they're gonna get naked and then that's this is gonna be the first killing when and then that
3: also feels like they get there to the watering hole where it's so hot and all of a sudden it's, it's dried up it's dried up it's it's drought
1: but you had mentioned that they were hippies um how why how are they hippies i mean hippies to me are just a little bit even more extreme well I think that was the time period too.
3: I think they're coming out of that hippy the hippy dumb that there was. Uh, you see that they're couples now, mm-hmm. right? They're as opposed to being open relationships, but you still get that feeling that that's kind of where their their minds were. They're going to be the post
0: Vietnam hippies are a different kind absolutely. of it, it, it kind of all that cuz there wasn't the thing to to you know protest against that it was ending. They were correct. Um and then the hippiedom just kind of
1: changed as we leaned towards the 80s. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I, you know, just like any good show, I can't stop thinking about the film um, and the imagery and the non imagery, the sort of statement and also sort of the non statement that the film had. It was so impactful, yet not impactful in so many ways, you know? I, would, I don't want to watch it again, but yet I'm glad I did watch it. Well,
3: because of Matt, uh, we watched this a couple of nights ago and we're just discussing it now. Um, and he, he was so disgusted by it. Like, it was... Right. He was shaking. I was shaking. He after was the, shaking. I was shaking. It was he was disturbing. so disgusted by it. And so I, I just got a couple of quotes about disturbing art through history that I really uh, think the same way.
1: Please don't say Adele twenty ones on there.
3: <laughs> no, it's just a quote about what disturbing art is trying to do, and it deals more with what it evokes in the viewer than what it uh, looks like or what it actually stands for. Mm-hmm. That's what disturbing art is: is what is, what is it evoking? How do you react? How do you react to it? And I think Hitchcock did that with Psycho mm-hmm. as well. To you know, bring it back to that. And the last one is. Uh, This kind of art is aimed at distorting the audience's notions of art and criteria of morality by exploring the borders of the appalling, Mm. Um, which isn't for everybody. And it's not necessarily something that we want to look at constantly or over and over again, but there's something that brings me back to this film that I saw in high school, and I was completely disgusted and shaking after seeing it that first time, that I've come back to it and recognized the true art that it is and what it's trying to say and how, even in this 2021, last time I watched it was 2020. So I literally felt like Sally in the floorboards being poked Mm -hmm. while people are smiling and saying nice things. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just, it always has a different meaning whenever you watch it. And I think that, I think that is great. Even post
0: one six, it, it feels differently.
3: I mean, We
0: saw some of that behavior like on camera with police officers being bludgeoned. I mean. Absolutely. I think. The guy stuck in the door. The guy stuck in the door screaming as blood's coming out of his mouth. Well, and And,
1: and no one. Caring. No one cares. Yeah. And, And
0: that's what's I think saddest to me is how unaffected I am by it at this point as compared to like maybe Matt was so affected by it, but I've now seen
3: it so many times and then seen other things that I'm like, well, this well, is all fake. I'm not to, I wasn't meaning to bring this up, and I know you haven't watched it yet, and I don't want to give anything
0: That's away. That's no slight on you, Matt, by the way. That was just me saying, like, we, we see this sh- kind of shit on TV now, on the news. Well, no.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah but, but I had to fill in most of the blanks in the movie because no one's killed. Like They're, on screen? Right. Right. There's no blood. Mm -hmm. I mean, you fill in, like, all the horror and all the anxiety because, really, it was shot in between the—it was just interestingly done. Well,
0: I just—I'm not to go back into it, but uh, I took a note of this. So the girl is carried into the house. First of all, it's so upsetting that she gets out the front door and gets caught and pulled back in because you're like, almost, sweetie, almost. (laughs) And then she is carried back into the butcher room. You see the hook prominently. He lifts her up and puts her on it. You don't see the penetration of it. The next thing you see is her hanging from it, grabbing it with her arms. And watching her boyfriend being chopped up with the chainsaw. But here's the point. That could have been so much worse. Because he he was acting like he was cutting it. There would have been blood going Absolutely. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they did not do that. And there was not even blood on the chainsaw. Yeah, true. It was all kind of mimed. Um, well, they only
1: had like a small jar.
3: They probably, probably. Oh, but let's talk about the art direction. Okay. Yeah, the art direction in this film, like when she falls into... The set
1: decoration. Oh yeah. What
3: when, do you mean by art? De- so all of that room that she falls into... With the chicken and the way too small birdcage. That's, that's art direction. So all of that was put in there to create this... Insane. This, well, and it's not even like... It, it could be more grotesque, but it's not. It's just it was really, just a chicken. It's really fucking strange. All the bones on the ground and the couch that's made out of human bones, like a human skeleton. All of that is art direction. Um, that's the Ed gain of it all. Yeah, and it's it was. So, I mean, that scene alone just makes you feel dirty. Okay, and say that these are, uh, you know, my uh, relatives uh, from wherever I am. Uh, Where where I'm from And I go to see them They're not going to kill me And and be cannibals And do barbecue and stuff But some of their houses Are like this And like After you leave Like you would stink Right? Like the place probably Stunk To Uh high heaven uh So why would they even enter? Right? Right It would have this stench Of death So one other thing I want to hit on—that
1: is true—you would not just all of a sudden think that Mom and Pop lived there.
0: If I saw all those cow hides and heads, Mm -hmm.
3: you run. I mean, that's just. Well, yeah, and I guess we, you know, you watch horror films, and we always, always have these reactions of, "Well, I would have done this in this situation," and you don't, because you freeze or you freak out. Well, it's like what Scream did with you know Wes Craven making uh, Scream and. Her, uh, when Sydney answers the phone and says, uh, Oh, I don't watch horror movies, they're stupid. Uh, you know, the person always runs up the stairs, and then at the end, she's being she chased runs up the by these killers, and she has nowhere else to go <clears throat> other than to run up these stairs. So, you know, it, it's things like that where you, know, you never know what's going to happen, you never know what the situation is going to be, and what you would actually do. I don't know, I probably. And I was thinking to myself as like a college student, if I was stranded somewhere like this in the middle of nowhere, and I didn't have gas, and the gas station didn't have gas, and I saw another house, I probably would, especially after seeing all of those cars, seeing the generator, I would think, oh, this is my savior, I'm gonna be able to get gas from these people, right? Wouldn't you do the same thing? I mean, I feel like I was somewhere with a
0: friend in college once, in Middleburg where the properties were just these huge farms and we ran out of gas. And so I think I've been in this situation, but I think my friend actually went and asked somebody if they had any gas.
1: Well, I mean, I think growing up where there, it was wa- nighttime. Where yeah. there wasn't outdoor lights, you drove a quarter of a mile from home and you were already kind of in the dark. And almost every house kind of was like a boogeyman's house after dark, mm-hmm. almost. Um, and of course, being from the country, even though I was, I'm not like from some big old Texas farm, um, being around like farming equipment and dirt and animals and all that stuff, I don't know. I've never stopped at a gas – I've never purposely stopped at a gas station that I didn't feel I wasn't comfortable at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this is another thing to – Or a place that just said Barbecue. Yeah, just not roadside barbecues, not a thing. Uh, at their grandfather's house, when everyone's frolicking around, Franklin sees a, a mobile made of bones.
3: Yes, he does. In in the ho- their house. And yes, yeah.
0: so that why why <laughs> is that in in the other house?
3: I have a feeling like this. Uh, the hitchhiker has some kind of like. Fetish,
0: like fe- fetish, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want a fish stick? <laughs> like art, fetish, fetishized. like he's an, oh, he's the artist
3: that. of the family. Fetishized, fetishized? He's the artist of the family. Right, he's the artist of the family and he, he has been inundated with all of this his whole life and I think he is one of the older brothers though, right? Isn't Leatherface the youngest? Anyway, um, no, he said my older brother works and worked there too. Right. Unless that was Drayton. Unless that was Drayton. But
0: no, because he's just the cook. He doesn't has no joy of killing. Right, he Right. Right.
3: Right. Right. Anyway, um, oh shoot, yeah. So, are there movies that you will never watch again? Yeah. Uh, what what was what is one that you will never see again? Dancer in the Dark. That's the Bjork film. Yep just too fucked up. She really went through a lot in that film. Lars von Trier, right? It's just relentless
0: in its uh, downward spiral of this poor innocent woman who is myopic, cannot see, and then we get to see her executed and it's a musical and people tell us we write some dark shit. That's the darkest thing I've ever
3: seen and I cannot ever see it again. What about you, Matt? Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah, I think I'm there right through with this podcast about uh, (laughs) T C M. That's or, what T uh, T C M. Right, T-T-C-M. I think T C M. The
3: channel was named after Exchange Hall Massacre. right? Would it
1: have been a different feeling if it was like in Maine? If this 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 group of kids are traveling to an old lobster house, I don't know. I mean, Stephen King has written some pretty fucked up shit in Maine. I guess Maine also feels pretty. There's nowhere safe. Yeah, you know.
3: yeah. There's always there's always
0: the other. Yeah. When there's a guy with a uh, human skin mask and a chainsaw, you know right. nowhere
3: safe. He could be in Sheboygan. Uh, for me, it's I Spit on Your Grave. Oh, yeah, terrible. Um, and I think that came out of watching this for those filmmakers, and it's exploitive, it's misogynistic. Oh, Same filmi- filmmaker? No, 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 no. no. Mm-hmm. It, it's, <clears throat> it's about rape and it's revenge, and it's just it's, it, th- that to me doesn't have a point and not, isn't saying anything. It's just a series of rape scenes, again and again and again, and then murder. strictly for the male gaze. And I feel like, and the I'm, male gaze, G A Z E. Oh, the
1: male gaze. We did that once. <laughs> oh, it's like one word. Male we gaze. Did that in
3: Psycho, right? And I feel like, and <clears throat> not blaming Psycho, and I'm not blaming this film, um and the Psycho set a precedent. A couple of films before that, but I think the desensitization.
0: We're doing really good in our pronunciation.
3: desensitization of violence and how we perceive violence and how we look at violence really started with Psycho. Uh, maybe Eyes Without a Face, but not a, not very many Americans saw it. And if they did, they saw it under a different name and they edited it or censored it. Um, led into this boom of, of horror in the 70s. And I think I Spit on Your Grave is, you know the last house on the left the last which is west craven yeah. absolutely that's it's that whole thing and it just starts to become the norm well it, well not just that i think people are taking what they're seeing and not they're seeing it for the surface and not seeing for what it's trying to say if that makes sense mm-hmm. they're not looking deeper they're just looking at the violence well we got into
0: like video store you know, straight to video things, or like they were making it for the title and what that cover was going to be, so people would pick up that tag and rent it. Um, I mean, which is every film. Ever I mean, by. isn't that just capitalism? <laughs> I, I do think there was a the horror boom because of uh, videotaped home uh, video systems and right. um, things like that. But there was a boom in everything because of that in the movie industry.
3: Right. Um, and I think Tom Savini, for me, as far as makeup and stuff during that time period, coming out of the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. like, that all was amazing to me to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that are in it that don't have that life experience, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, are we glorifying violence? I think we do as a society. and in do you think, Matt, that this film is glorifying violence? No, no. You you think it's showing you, making you have this feeling, so that you understand that it's wrong. It's a morality. Could be
1: check or something. Could be. What about you? I, I mean, I just I'm not a horror person, uh, so I have a hard time wrapping my head around, you know people getting excited about the next table room read about right. horror, horror right. film. I mean, you oh, know, I'm I, some... I and now that I'm on the IT train, I mean, I understand Stephen King's journey in, in, in an itty-bitty way, Um, but things like this, I don't quite get the process. Well,
0: oh. here's another film I would never watch again, and I bring this up for a reason, the segue, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yes, we talked about that. Um yeah. People say to me, because I enjoy horror films, they say to me all the time, oh, you're going to love this. And then I was handed Henry's serial of a portrait of a serial killer. Sorry. And I was, I kind of really thought, what do you really think about me? Because what I enjoy, I think what you're trying to say, Matthew, is the horror that I enjoy is stuff like it, where it's so fantastical that there's no way it could really happen. Um, and it's the fantasy, almost a horror fantasy of that, that you really get into. When I see something that, no, that legit could happen, uh, which almost feels like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Henry, A Portrait of a Serial Killer, various other things. The Saw films. Or, no, the worse in The Saw is the hostile films. I know you like them. But, like, that torture porn kind of feel, I do not enjoy one bit. I love... Atomic age films with giant bugs and insects attacking cities. What's you that, know? Jeffrey
1: Dahmer? Do I really want to watch what really happened?
0: Right the Dahmer series is coming series? out.
1: Yeah, you might not. H- however, mm-hmm. in People might. love true crime. Yeah. yeah, but I think there's something about true crime that lies really close to my like darkest fears
0: Sure, I think a lot of people get into that because they like to play detective in their head and like to see if they could have spotted the clues or something. I,
3: th- I think so. I also th- I also think there's a uh, fetishistic oh, ah, you did, I it. did it uh, I, thing where you want to watch other people fuck up and do horrible things because you're not going to do them, right? Right. And I and I think or it makes you feel better about right, yourself. And I think I think horror does the same thing. And I think that not everybody can watch. I, you know, not everybody is going to be able to watch both of them. Some of them might just watch one of those things, and the other might watch another, and everything in between. So there's something for everybody. But it's a human feeling of my life is okay. This is so much worse. Absolutely, 100. Yeah, that's that's why I watch horror films because I'm like, well, I don't have it this bad. I meant to bring this up earlier because it, it was a good segue, but. Uh, you were talking about uh, January 6th uh, and the feeling that we get now from watching something like this and uh, Halloween kills just came out, which is the sequel to Halloween uh, 2018. Um, And it's, it's a, it's a very, I think it's a very well-made film, uh, but it's getting people love it. People hate it. And there's being fights about it. Um, And I think a lot of it has to do with, I'm not going to give anything away, but there is a, a mob mentality that is shown mm. that has no reason yeah. that is affecting people because of January 6th. Of January 6th. And it was filmed before January 6th which is strange but like Prescient. Very prescient. Because they, they recognize what's going on in the society of America and that's what horror does amazingly is that they take what's going on and they put that into a film in an art form. George Romero, the 80s capitalism Absolutely. Drama, you know, and put a mirror up to it, mm-hmm. and if you can accept it, you're empathetic, and you can watch it, still get an entertainment value out of out of it, but understand what it's trying to say. Whereas others get off put, off put by it, or even offended by it, thinking that it's you know raping their childhood or or, or something like that. But it, what what it really comes down to in the lizard brain is our fear. That this is all real and that these human emotions are emotions that I can have. And what? I think that's what horror really does. And I think that's what this film specifically does really taps into that. What is the lizard brain? Lizard brain. Oh. Um. Yeah. Or animalistic brain. Or, yeah. I was like, sorry. Lizard, rain? lizard brain? Lizard brain. Did it
1: rain lizards? Does that make sense? Well, I was raised with a lot of fear. my whole life i've been trying to get rid of that and watching someone else's fear and knowing that it is real and could be mine i don't want to be a part of it makes me uncomfortable which doesn't mean that what i'm saying is right it's just what i feel that's why i have i i have horrible i don't like to watch the commercials of the upset animals yeah i don't either it makes me go oh god because i know it's real
3: Right, and then there's people who watch reality shows with, I'm sorry, I'm a vegetarian people, but like uh, of people hunting. Right. The duck what are they? Dynasty the people. The duck dynasty people. There's tons of them. Um, like, that to me is just as horrific. Right. And like, why are we Why are we watching this, these kinds of things? What What is bringing us to the Kardashian, not me, not but me. to the Kardashians yeah. and reality television and true crime and Uh, even uh, even horror I mean what 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 makes us tick and why do we like them and I don't think it has anything to do I think it has everything to do with personal taste but I also think it has to do with how we're raised in society and and what our morality really is and what our current reality
1: is wait that's it at the end of the movie we find out that the entire barbecue uh, base is soy (laughs) And then we kind of do this big shrug, like, "Oh, then okay. what? Then what was it all for?"
0: <laughs> <coughs> That's hilarious. You said something about it, um, and I know this oh. is about Texas Chainsaw, but you were speaking of fear. And I love the It remake as well, but there's one thing I really didn't like because I didn't really didn't understand it until today. And I was watching this Bill Skarsgård kind of behind the scenes of of It, and. I always hated the last scene in it where it's hanging, you know, onto the ledge of the well and its forehead is cracking. It's when they're kids and they've defeated it halfway. And I never got why he just looked at them before he let go and said, fear, and then let go. I was like, you're just like using all of your talking points. This is all you talked about. All It's the first time the clown felt what he caused. It. He was saying...
3: I feel fear. fear. This is what this is. An acknowledgement of what it is. Absolutely.
0: And now that I realize it, I want to watch the film again just for that one word. Because I was like, this is so dumb. And then I felt like the dumb one. (laughs) Because I was like, why does he just say fear? Because he's feeling it for the first time. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been doing as his forehead is cracking right apart. right
3: yeah now that's yeah Totally. anyway
0: we're on to different films now so i guess that's a good time to wrap is there anything final thoughts anyone wants to say
3: no i'm just happy that uh matt watched it even though and we watched it all the way through which is not something we've done with the films that we've yep. talked about yeah um and you know I'm, I'm glad that he sat down and watched it i'm sorry that he was uncomfortable but i think that it was worth it what do you think
1: Absolutely. I mean, I am the only person in the room that has sort of a virgin eye to some of these films. And so I just have a, just a immediate emotional response. I don't always catch all the details. I'm just really feeling. Um, and maybe that's part, part of the reason I was uncomfortable is because I was feeling so much mm-hmm. and feeling for them and, and wanting to get out of the situation. And, you know, if I had the address, I could have, you know, take, gone down and, you know, picked them up. <laughs> but I couldn't. They were in Texas, and um, I'm not allowed in to Texas.
3: All right, real quick question. Mm. Out of five stars, what would you give Texas Chainsaw Massacre Steven? Five.
1: Five stars. From Ryan. You Five and five? I guess I'll give it a five. No, give it what you feel. I would give it a Four. A four. Okay. I I did not get out of the script what you guys got out of the script. Valid. First time
3: I watched it, did not
1: either.
0: Well, we just talked about it. I didn't understand that. And I've seen it probably like a dozen times. (laughs) I will say this about this. My final thought on the film is when you hear the Texas Chainsaw (sighs) Massacre, it's like a back room behind a closed door kind of, it's not a mainstream film. This is never played on television um, or rarely if ever. Uh, it's, it's something that you've heard about, maybe have not seen. It's like one of the granddaddies of the kind of, Oh, that's a really scary or, you know, freaky movie, gross movie. And are there things that are grosser, freakier? Absolutely. But what this film does is it feels so off putting, so dirty, so unsettling and keeps you so it's visceral. Yeah. Uh, much more than some films that are just out-and-out out gore that's disturbing. Uh, this this makes you... It, re, it really holds you to the fire. Uh, like a, at a barbecue place, that meat and the thing. It The whole film, it, it starts off that way and it never kind of lets up. There's not really comical moments. There was one laugh that we had, which was uh, Franklin. A, I
3: think there are a couple of, of laugh spots in it um, after you watch it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh I felt uncomfortable to laugh, but I did laugh. Oh, we didn't talk about Black Maria, but anyway. That, ah. Uh, <laughs> My favorite character. The
0: African-American male coming up in the, the truck named Black Maria, who is the savior of this movie, saves her by throwing a wrench into the
3: Leatherface's face. And uh, is the only one that reacts the way anybody would react. He it. sees the guy with the chainsaw, <laughs> turns right around, and jumps in his truck.
0: Yep, yeah. yep, yep, uh, yeah.
2: Of course, of course. From Dathan Auerbach, author of Pen Pal, comes the chilling horror novel, Bad Man. Booklist raves, It's Magnificent, The Shining, set in a grocery store. The Washington Post calls it, Atmospheric and Unsettling, takes on an aura of almost gothic menace. And USA Today says it's wickedly effective and saves its darkest deeds for an unnerving end. Bad Man by Dathan Auerbach. Available at 1000vultures.com
0: along with us. Um, hey, thanks for having you guys. Absolutely. It's the closing week of the podcast.
1: Don't forget to check out our merchandise shop. We're going to try to make our own special um, jar of
0: Texas meat pie. No, we're not. We're not going to do that. But we, if you want to buy something from our store, take a picture of yourself in it. We'll share it in our newsletter and on our social media Uh, We've already done that recently, our dear friend Carolyn Cole and our husband Mike. Um, So thanks, shout out to you guys. And
1: uh, Could you do a Beyond Meat Pie? Because I'd buy that. We're going to do the Texas Beyond Meat Pie in in a jar. Okay, great, wonderful. Just eat it with a spoon. (laughs) Um, If
0: you want to know more about us, visit www.connersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Follow us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Again, with an E-R, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. And as we always say in season 2 never never stop stop questioning <sighs>
2: Brian Good night everybody good night